So good to be here again with you tonight. Thank you again so much for coming out and just giving me an opportunity to share a little bit with you tonight. You know, again, I think you are attending one of the, probably one of the world's greatest teaching pastors' churches, and, and uh, I hope you're aware of that. And so I'm not going to try to come in here and teach you anything that you don't already know or haven't heard, but I really believe I've got some things in my heart to share with you tonight just to stir you up concerning the subject of healing and, and what it is that God can and will do for us because He loves us so much. Amen. But I want to just begin with prayer, and if you just you don't need to stand or anything, just bow your heads where you are. Let's just ask the Lord just to lead us and guide us through this night. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for this time that we have to get, get together in your word and to hear from you. Lord, we thank you that your word is alive and that it speaks to us tonight. And we just ask that your Holy Spirit would anoint me in everything that I would say and that you would anoint each one that would hear these words, that their hearts would be stirred for you to open up and to receive all that, that you have for us. And we just thank you for this night. And we give you praise. And we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, again, as Pastor Mike was saying, we are in Estonia. We've been there for almost 25 years. And it's just been a whirlwind. It seems like it's gone by so quick. You know, a lot of times I come back and I still feel like I'm just this little kid. But then I realize I'm not such a kid anymore. I'm getting more gray and losing what I have. So, uh, you know, it, time goes by quickly. But uh, we, are, we are so thankful for you and, and the support that you have given us as a church. And, and really, the, the, you know, several of you are, are monthly supporters with, with us. And that just means so much because we really feel like this is our home. This is where we come back to every year. Uh, we're not like some missionaries that travel around and, and do the circuit. Uh, we just come here, and, and you know, I don't want to be away from my church and our ministry too long. And so when you see us, this is our, our one trip home. We get to spend some time with Pastor Mike, who is, is my pastor. I, I look to him highly in every aspect of life and ministry. And this is just an honor and a privilege for us to, to be here and to be able to share the Word of God with you tonight. But uh, if you would, just take, uh, take a moment to open up your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4 and... Uh, you know, I kind of want to continue off a little bit of what Pastor Mike shared on this morning. He just mentioned something that kind of just struck a chord with me in my heart out of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You don't need to turn there. But he said this. He said, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Follow the way of love and eagerly, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I... I, I uh, like, like you said, I, I believe the body of Christ has an ignorance most of the time towards spiritual things. And that's something I, I'm glad that we have a pastor who is bold to, to teach on it. But, but as, as he also mentioned that love is such a big part of that. And I think that, that at least in me, in, in my life, and in what, where I've grown in the most is just in the understanding of how much God loves me. And I want you to know tonight that God loves you. It's, it's not just a little love, it's a big love. Amen? And it's, it's something that, that I think we are ignorant of because we don't truly understand what this God kind of love is, this agape love. You know, the Greek word agape is just this God kind of love. They, they had to separate it. You know, our limited language, love is love. I love my dog and I love pizza and I love my wife and I love God and it's all the same. And you know, and God loves me. 
sometimes the, the definition, I think, gets lost. But this God kind of love, this agape love is an unconditional love. It's a, a relentless love. And I, I, we have so many songs out right now, it seems to be concerning just about talk, pra- praising God about his love and, 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 and sh- sharing from your heart, just singing to him about the love that he has for you. I think that is so important for us to open up and to be more aware of this great agape love. And it says to follow the way of love. And, you know, the, in the body of Christ, you, you think, how do we follow this? How, it's so big. It's so, you know, I love what Paul writes in one part. He's writing, you know, he's writing about, you know, it's so big and so wide and we need to know the love of God. And then the next verse he writes, and we don't even understand the love of God, right? And so it's huge and it's wonderful. Know it. But we don't even get it. We, we can't even comprehend the fullness of God's love. And First John chapter 4, I like what John wrote. He, you know, when we're trying to follow this love, and, and follow means we're going to take part in, right? It's not just I'm going to follow from a distance and let God do it all and then just kind of walk behind him. But when you're following in the way of love, you're, you're becoming part of that. You're becoming an active member in the love of God. And, and, and you can be used with this agape love. You can see one another with agape love. It's not a natural human love. It goes beyond that. And, you know, as a pastor, I, I, I think it's an awesome part of the calling as a pastor is to love everybody that would come into the church. I might not even ever met them, but there's just a compassion and something that draws me to the people that God puts into our, our way. And I think it, it's part of, part of the call of a Christian is that we would agape one another. And, and uh, John, he had such a revelation of the love of God. He writes so much about it. But in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16, he's trying to clear this up for us. He's trying to help us to understand what love really is. In 1 John 4 verse 16, he said, And so we know and we rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever lives in God lives or whoever, uh, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. If you live in this love, it's who God is, then it's proof that God is in you. And so this is love. This, this, that he, not that we love God, but that He loved us. And God is love. And so love is an important part of who God is. It's His most important characteristic. It's, it, it's the thing of, of God that makes us all just go, wow. You know, He is holy. He is righteous. He is uh, He's all these things. But when you realize the love of God, you know, I, I think everything that God has ever done, just it, it, it shows His love. It's an expression of His love. And what He does to, to, to uh, help us day by day it's not just to show, you know, I am God, but I think it's to show how much I love you and I care for you and I want the best for you and you are mine and I love you more than you'll ever comprehend. But this is why I do what I do for you and this is why I created the world. Let me show you how much I love you and just create the flowers and the everything, you know. Pastor Mike and Beth have got a beautiful flower garden in their backyard. I was just walking through there because we don't have much flowers yet in Estonia. It's still cold there. And, and I was just walking through their, their backyard and just looking at the flowers. And I just stopped and I thanked God. I said, you know, God, you're just so amazing. It's so wonderful, the creation and all the things that God does for us. I think it just shows us 
how much he loves us. You know, he didn't have to create that for him. He created it for us. Now, he created all things for him. Okay, I'll give you that. But he did this for us that we could know how wonderful and how awesome he is. And he did it because he loves us. And, and John writes here, he says, God is love. And, and, and this, this love is available to anybody who would accept it, to anybody who would just reach out and allow that love to flow into their heart and to flow into their life. And this is the thing. I don't know about you, but love is the thing that caused me to come and to want to follow God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength. I gave my life to him when I realized how much he loved me. And at that moment, I didn't even have a clue. But I just, I just knew at that, that moment when I gave my heart and my life to God that he loved me. And now as I've followed him over these years, I'm getting a greater understanding of that love. But we can't even come close to understand how much it is that he loves us. And because he loves us, there is nothing that is unlimited for us. Because everything that God is comes from that love. All the power that God has comes from that love. That love is the thing that can change your family. That love is the thing that can change your situation. That love is the thing that can change you. The love of God will change a life in a moment. It changed my life in a moment. And I'm sure many of you that have walked in and experienced the love of God, whether it would be in your bedroom, you know, in somebody else's presence or even in a church where you just realized God loves me. That's the thing that will change a life in a moment. But then we learn what it is that is in that love. What is available because God loves me. And that's the thing that's going to change our eternity. I think we'll spend eternity just going, wow, at the love of God. Right? The angels going around his throne are going, holy, holy, holy. I think they're amazed at the power and the love of God. And I'm going to be amazed. I'm going to be standing there with you. One of those songs that came out, I don't know, years ago. Uh, but it says, you know, I don't even know what I'm going to do when I stand before him. Am I even going to be able to talk? Am I going to be able to, to shout? Am I going to scream? Or am I going to be silent? I don't even know. I just know I'm going to be in awe of all that he is because he is such an amazing, amazing God. So here John is saying this love is what it's all about. And we can get to know this love and allow the love of God as we follow in this way of love. We can allow the love of God to change the way that we think. And it begins to change the way that we act. It's the love of God that caused me to move from America to a country halfway around the world where nobody goes. You know, I was talking to somebody today that says, you know, they, they took a trip to Europe. And, and I said, well, yeah, well, Estonia is really not on the way to anywhere. You know, uh, you go to Europe, you go to Spain and Italy and all that's great. But Estonia, it's not even, it's not even on the way to anything. But God called me and told me to go to this place that nobody at the time, very few people even knew about. They'd only been a nation again for about a, about a year when I went there because they had been the Soviet Union. That's what everybody knew us as. We were part of the Soviet Union. But now Estonia stood up and said, we are a free nation and, and, and we are, we're ready to, to, to become all that, that we can be. 
And they're, they're on a path economically. It's, they're going well. They're part of the European Union. You know, the, uh, our, our, we're part of NATO. They're, they're trying to become, they're growing up. You know, we, we've been there for all this time. We've watched a nation develop. We've watched a nation come from nothing to become more modern and more westernized. And, you know, I remember the time my wife came home from the store crying. And I was like, what's wrong? And she said, they have magazines here now. And that was back, back in like 1995 or something when, before the Internet. Uh, thank you, Al Gore. Uh, but it was just, you know, the, everything that just came step by step. It just, it began to just make it more and more fun to be there. You know, I've said many times, I kind of feel like I've lived in a spy movie, just kind of watching the whole thing happen and grow and develop. But what called me there, what put me there was the love of God. And I have a love for that nation. I have a love for the people that are there. Love will change the way that you think about life. Love will change the way that you, you, you plan for your future when you hook up and begin to follow this love that God has for us. Now, I want to just re- reference this, uh, this. There's a parable that Jesus told. It's, it's called, you know, your Bible title might be the parable of the, the sower. And Mark chapter 4, guys, if you want to go there, Mark chapter 4. Uh, the parable of the sower was, was, was a parable that Jesus was, was teaching, trying to explain the importance of his word, and I like to call this not the parable of the sower because it's not about the sower. This is about the soils. I like to call this the parable of the soils, not the, not the sower. The focus is not on the one who sows the seed. The focus is on the soil that receives the seed. And in Mark chapter fourteen, or not Mark chapter four and verse fourteen, uh, it says here, "And the farmer sows the word." And so there's just one sower. All right. And then some people are like the seed that fell on the path where the word was sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes to take away the word that was sown in them. How many know that's the truth? You know, every time you come to church, you could be sitting in church. You think, yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, preach it, pastor. And then you leave here and you're like, what was that that he was saying today? You know, I know it was great. It sure was fun to be there. But what was that? He wants to steal that seed from you. And you need to know that every time you hear the word. Satan is going to come and try to get you to lose what it was that you think you just got. And it goes on to say, and others, seeds, uh, and others like, like seeds sown on the rocky places, they hear the word and they receive it with joy. But since they have not, no, no root, they, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away and still others like seeds sown among thorns and they hear the word but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for things come and choke the word making it unfruitful and then verse 20 it says others are like seed that is sown on good soil where they hear the word they accept it and it produces a crop some 30 some 60 some 100 times what was sown you know this this is this to me this this just shows the, the hearts and lives of each and every person that come into a church. You know, hopefully there's a lot more good ground here. And how many know when you read the Bible, you're the good ground, right? It doesn't matter where you're at in life. You're reading that and you're thinking, yeah, I'm the good ground, right? But sometimes we're not the good ground. Sometimes we're, you know, and reading through Proverbs, I'm always the wise one. I don't know about you, but when it talks about the wise and the fool, I always think I'm the wise. You know, when it talks about the good ground or the rocky ground, I'm always good. Uh, be open to the Word of God. Let the Word of God get you right where you are. 
Because there's different types of soil. And the four different types of soil, I think, describe the four different heart conditions of a believer. Right? There's, there, there's the believer that, 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 that has that hard heart. In other words, you know, they, they think they're okay. They think, you know, they don't need anything from God. They don't need anything from a man. They don't need to be taught anything. They're okay because they believe in Jesus. And so everything's just kind of hitting them and bouncing off of them. And then there's the, then there's the, the shallow heart. That means that they, they get something, they receive it, and it's really good, but then they leave, and by Wednesday, you know, they're, they're, they've, they've lost what, whatever it is that they got. They're, 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 they're back in the same routine of life. They just they receive it for a moment. They're a Sunday morning Christian, but they're very shallow. And then there's those that have the crowded hearts, right? The, the, the worries and the pressures and everything else, and the Word tries to come in there, and it gets crowded out by everything else by the middle of the week, and then you lose what it is that, that you've, you've, you've been given. And so here we see that, the, that, that Satan is working in our hearts and working in our lives. And I think at times all of us go through these different stages where sometimes you might come to church and you might be awesome ground. You might be soaking up every word that Pastor Mike says. You might just think, man, this is going to change me forever. Three weeks later, you might come in and you're sitting there and you're daydreaming. You're not listening to anything he's even saying. The words are just bouncing right off of you and you're hard ground. And then another time you might be shallow where you take it here, but then all of a sudden, man, you know, it's gone. What, what is it for us that would help us to, to remain good ground? I want to be the type of person that when, when I hear the word, that it changes me not sometimes, not most of the time, but every time. I want to be the kind of person that just becomes the, 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 the you know, I, I'll soak it up and I'll let that speak to me. I'll, I'll try to meditate on the things that, that Pastor Mike was saying even this morning. Or I'll try to remember that two or three days from now and just go over that again in my heart. God, what you were telling me and as I was sitting there in that service... I needed to hear that. I needed that. God, help me with that. Help me to become more and more of the man or the woman that you want me to be. That I think that's the place for us as a Christian that we would stay open to that, but to know how much he loves us and that his word is for good. His word is never just for the word's sake. You know, I used to think that the Bible was a bunch of rules, probably like most of you. I thought the Bible was a bunch of rules that you, things you could do and things you couldn't do or things you must do, not could do. You must do these things and you can't do those things. And I thought that's what church was about. You go to church and they tell you what you can and cannot do. But I try not to be that kind of a teacher or that kind of a pastor. I, I don't want to just give you a bunch of rules. I don't, wanna, well, I don't want my church just to be a, a religious place. But I want, our, I want our church to understand that the, these are the words of life, Right? This, this will change a life. And it's life that goes on the inside of you that begins to develop and begins to grow. It can begin to come out of you. And you begin to live a better life. This is a better life that God desires for us to live. Anything he tells you to do, it's because he wants you to have a better life. And so the rules are not just rules. The rules are him saying, here's life. And here's death. Choose life. Let me tell you how to live life best. 
That's, what, that, that, that's how we need to, to approach everything that we read from God's word. But when we understand he loves us, it all comes back to this. He loves me. That's why he's telling me how I should treat my wife. He loves me. And that's why he's telling us how we should treat one another. He loves me. And that's how, why he's telling me how I should use my finances. He loves me. That's why I could receive his help in life. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And when you know that, everything in the Bible becomes so much easier to swallow because you know He loves me. And so I want to be the ground that that produces the 40, 60, and 100. But I want you to understand out of the four grounds, three of the grounds produce zero. Three of the grounds produce nothing. Only one can have some harvest. And I want us to be the type of believers that would get results. And you get results by the attitude of your heart. You get results by how you hear, not what you hear. Because it was the same sower sowing the seed, right? It was the same seed on all the grounds. Pastor could teach a message. It's the same awesome word that comes out of the pulpit. But some people receive it. Some people have it for just a short time and it's gone. Some people never even have it. Some people, they take it, but then everything else gets a lot bigger than what what he had to say. We've all found ourselves in probably all of those grounds at times in our walk with God. But when you understand that he loves us, I want to hear everything. I want to I, I find people that can speak into my heart and speak into my life, and I want to soak that up. I want to be able to, to listen to music that, that builds me up on who he is and his love, and not music that would make me think that, you know, he's a weak, wimpy God. It is so important how we hear the word and what we surround ourselves with in, in the, 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 the atmosphere that we allow ourselves to be in on a day-to-day basis. And so every time you hear the word, the devil's going to try to come. He's going to try to steal and take what it is that that you've heard. You know, we've probably all been in a situation where where you're hearing Pastor Mike teach and you think, that's awesome. And and I'm sure that that's good for some people, but it just doesn't apply to me. You know, or or I, 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 you know, I could never be that. I could never be a spiritual person like he was talking about today. I could never never see myself being used in the gifts, these spiritual things that God has put 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 on the inside of us. Okay, pastor, that's great, but probably not for me. We hope you continue to speak in words of wisdom. We hope you continue to have the words of knowledge. But, but for me, you know, I'll just receive that from you because you're the man and I'm just me, right? Is it, these thoughts come in and out of our head as we're listening to these things to try to say, no, this doesn't apply. This doesn't apply. This doesn't apply. But when you know that the word of God comes out of love and God is trying to get us to the best in life, even when you think it doesn't apply, you need to tell yourself, this is for me. This is for me. I can be this. I can do this. You know, one of the things that made the word of God come alive in me is I had a minister a long time ago tell me, every time you read the Bible, put yourself in that situation. So when I'm reading about Moses, I'm putting myself 
in Moses' shoes. When I'm reading about David, I try to put myself in David's shoes. What would I do? What would I have said? How, how, how would I have reacted? And then I watch how he reacts. When I'm reading about Jesus, I try to put myself in his shoes. You know, most of the time we, we would fail, right? Most of the time when, when people start calling us names and, and telling us stuff, we'd walk away. But he had the answer. He would, he would begin to speak to them in a way that would just blow their minds. Put yourself there. Let it be real to you so that you take that and you receive that and you begin to say, this is the love of God. Why did he give us these things? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. And this is the thing that's going to change a heart. It'll change a life. When we begin to read the word of God with the, with the eyes of love, with this agape, I want to be part of that. I don't want to... I don't want to uh, exclude myself from all these these things all these great things i'm hearing all these very spiritual and wonderful things i want to be part and when we begin to take those steps i begin i believe god begins to open up our heart and open up our life to to understand how much it is that he truly does love us and 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 so it's important how you hear it's important how you hear so that you can receive it and that you can have results that you can produce a harvest in your life and that's what we all want and you know i'm not here tonight to to just you know blow your mind with anything i'm here tonight to stir you up about the things that you have heard the things that that you've you've heard in this room that have been like wow that is awesome wow i would like to see that to begin to say okay i want to i want to be part I want to be part. I want to be reminded of the things that God has spoken to me. And I want to begin to step into those things. I want to begin to see those things. Man, if if more of us would get a a heart that just says, okay, God, use me. Use me. I think we would begin to see more and more of these things come through in our life. And you don't even have to have a, and this is the Lord type of a moment. You'll just see God. It just becomes natural. It becomes part of who we are as we follow God and as we live our life for him. And so the importance you put on what you hear is going to make all the difference to the type of harvest that you have in your life. And so, again, you need to be aware that, that we water the seed once it gets in us. And, and as you know here, we water the seed with the word of God, don't we? I mean, that's, that's how we, we water. Once that seed gets in our good soil, because that's who you all are, I know you, you're all good soil. And so once that seed gets in you, you water that seed and you water it with the word. That means you just keep going back again and again and again and you water the seed. Now, watering is the thing that's the transition point in the, in the whole seed. You know, it, 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 the water is what causes that seed to begin to, to transform and to, 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 to become something that, that it never looked like it could be. And I love that in somebody's life when you see them at one point And then you see them years later and you say, I would have never thought that that would have come out of them. I never thought that they would be doing what they're doing today because I remember where they were and now look where they are. And I believe there's something that's on the inside of probably almost every single one of us in this room, whether you're old or whether you're young. There's something on the inside of you that probably says, I am more in me than what they see. There's more in me than what my friends know and what my family knows. There's more in me 
than what even I have seen. Because I think we all have dreams. We all have things that God puts in our heart. And some of us, we just keep pushing that back. and We keep pushing that down and we keep saying, no, not yet, no, not yet, no, not yet. Or else we'll say, no, not me, no, not me, no, not me. But there's things inside of all of us that I believe God is putting there, things that we can grow into, things that we can become because he loves us. And we need to water that seed. And you might not have to go out and begin to do something that you're not ready to do. But I think we should water the seed, water the vision, water the words that God has given to us. What are the promises that are real to you? Water that. How? With other promises. Water the promise with other promises. Water the the truth with more truth. That's why it's important to come to church. That's why it's important to pick a man to be your pastor that you could trust. It's important how you allow the water to come and get on your seed. Because the seed that gets watered is the seed that's going to grow and produce. And this is the thing. By the time you see results, the transformation has already happened. By the time you begin to see in your own life, oh, look, at I'm, I'm different now. That means the transformation has already happened. Once you see that green thing come through the soil, if you'll pull away the soil, you'll realize the seed is already something different than what it was when it was put in. And the word of God is the seed and the word of God is the water. But your heart is the soil and we've got to keep our hearts right We've got to receive with love. We've got to receive uh, everything that God has for us, knowing there's a higher purpose in everything that God has given to us. And so, so uh, we, we want to be planted. We want to we have things planted in us. We want to be planted in a church. We want to get some roots, right? We want to be planted and rooted. I could go into that as a teaching, but, but that's, that's who you need to be. And we're not talking about buried. We're talking about planted. There's a difference, right? Something buried is dead. Something planted, it's going to become more. And you don't come to a church to get buried. You come to a church to get planted so that you could become more. Become more than what you ever thought you could be. Become what, what it is that God put in your heart years ago maybe for some of you. Decades ago for others of you. Where, where you keep saying, no, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. It's time. It is time. And you look at the world around you, look at the world we live in. It's time to do something. We, we, need to, we need to all begin to step up more and more and shine our light. Let the world see how good our God is. And you don't even have to preach to, to, to have an impact on somebody's life. You just be you. You just be you full of God. And that's the thing that's going to change and make the difference in people's lives. But, but the, the, the word that you choose to believe in, and the word that you choose to act on, that, that, is, that is the thing that is, that is going to make the difference in your life. And, and remember, God never fails, right? There's nothing impossible for him. He can do anything. And don't ever put a limit on what it is that God could do in your body. Don't ever put a limit on what it is that God could do through you to, to reach your family or your friends. Don't put a limit on what it is that God could do with that seed that is in your life. And in, in Ephesians chapter 3, I want to read this out of the New Living Translation. I just kind of, I go through different translations while I'm preaching. Sorry about that. I know that pastor stays a lot with, with uh, 
King James, I don't do that much. But Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, the last part of that says, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Then in verse 18, it says, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep is his love. In verse 19, and may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. And then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. He's saying, let your roots go deep down into the love of God. What is going to cause those things that are planted in you to grow big? It's when your roots go deep down and get the nourishment that they need. And the nourishment that you need, the nourishment that I need, comes from one source alone. It's the love of God. The love of God will feed your vision. The love of God will feed what it is that God put in you. The love of God will feed the promises. The love of God will feed the truth that is in your life. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger because the deeper those roots go down, the bigger that it can grow, the stronger that it will be in your life. Get that seed in you. Water that seed. But remember, it's all the source of all these promises. The source of the seed is love. And His love is going to change the way we read the Bible. His love is going to change the way we see one another in the church. And His love is going to change the way we see those that have not yet received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. His love changes. It's the filter for life that makes everything different for you and for me. And so we need to find out how it is that we can get into this love, how it is that we can get those, those, those roots down more and to understand this agape love. How can I be a part of this? How can I follow agape and be spiritual? Because that's what Paul's talking about. How do I do that? Because it seems to be so big. It seems that you have to be in the ministry for years to even understand that. But it's not necessarily true. You can have your little revelations of God, just like me. Have your little revelations where you're like, that's awesome. I like that. That's for me. I want that. And as you get those little revelations, take the steps. Be bold. Claim that as part of who you are. Claim that as your character. Because who he is, is who we need to become. And when we live in his love, then he lives in us. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. And so, so uh, you know, we need to find our way to Jesus and let nothing stop us. You know, this is healing school. And so you, you've, you've heard many stories of, of, of the, the life and the ministry of Jesus. You know, you've heard the, the story with the woman with the issue of blood, how, how she went after her promise because she heard that Jesus loved all and that he would heal all because he loved them. And so she believed he loves me. He doesn't know me, but he loves me. And because he loves me, that love can heal my body. So what did she do? She pushed through the crowd just to touch the edge of his garment because she said, if I could just touch the edge of his garment, if I could touch those wings, I'll be healed. I'll be healed. And she pushed her way through and she got what she believed. 
She got what she spoke. She got what she was watering. But she, I believe, it was all based on love. Realizing, okay, if God loves me, then he will heal me. And she went after love. And she got her healing. You know, there was, a, there was a, a, another story in John chapter 5. Where Jesus was, was uh, walking down where all the sick people were. In this place where, where there was multitudes of people. There was people that couldn't see. There was people that couldn't hear. People that had lost limbs. There's people that were crippled and could no longer move or walk. The Bible says he came across one man while he was there, just walking through, and he began to talk to this guy. And he said, you know, uh, tell me about yourself. You know, what is it about you? And, and he says, well, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been not able to really move very well for a long time. I've got problems, man. And Jesus said, well, don't you want to get healed? And here comes the excuses, just like, me, just like you. Well, yeah, but, but you know, somebody always gets to the water ahead of me. I don't know if I'll ever be healed or, or you know, that, yeah, everything else is going on. I just don't have the, the time to really feed in the Bible and, and really get into the word like, like I probably should to receive my healing. And, and I really can't, you know, and we, we try to make it that, that, that there's some kind of a, a formula to receive healing from God. Or, you know, if I could just pray enough. I just don't have the time to pray. If, but if I could pray more, I'm sure God would, would heal me. If, I've, if, I could just, if I could just go to church more often and be more regular. But, you know, my job and everything else that's going on, I just I can't quit my job right now. And, and so I can't be at church like I should. You and I, we come up with the same excuses. It's the same all around the world. I hear the same things in my own church. Why maybe you can't have the promise that God said that you can have. And we think it's based on a formula. We think it's based on, okay, it's our effort, and then God will move. And there's, there's some truth to that, because as you go after him, the Bible says what? He'll come closer to you. That's awesome. Why will he come close to you? Because he loves you. He's already sent his son. He did the first step. He said, I love you so much. The greatest, one of the greatest revelations I've had about the love of God is, is he loved me before I received Jesus into my heart and life, the same as he loves me now. He doesn't love you anymore because you go to church. He doesn't love you anymore because you read your Bible or pray. He's he's madly in love with the world, with each and every human being that walks on the planet. He loves them beyond what we ever would understand love. So don't ever think that you're not good enough for the love. Don't ever think that, that somebody you know is too far for the love. They, they've escaped the love. God loves us all the same, whether we've received Jesus or not. The difference is in receiving Jesus as Lord, we begin to experience what it is that this love really does, what, it, what this love really means. What, what is this love? He loved me so much that he sent Jesus to save my life from hell. But not just save me for eternity, but to save me right now. That I would have a better life. So God, tell me what to do. Tell me how to live. Show me what it is that you want from me. How am I supposed to live my life? And once you know how much he loves you, everything opens up. Everything becomes so much easier to receive. And so Jesus here, he's talking to this man at the pool. And, 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 and this guy's like, you know, I've got my excuses 
I'll probably never receive anything. And Jesus says, why don't you just take up your mat and go home? Just, just, just receive from God right now. You're, you're, you're healed. Just go. This guy gets up and starts walking around. He's like, man, I'm healed. The Bible says he turns around. Jesus was already gone. Why did Jesus heal that guy? You know, I've, I've heard lots of different messages on why he was healed. Why it was, it was love. He just took a few moments to talk to this guy. And that love, that agape just poured out of him. And here this guy, he wasn't in faith. He wasn't quoting the scriptures. He wasn't, he was making excuses. He's like, well, I'm here, but I'll never be healed. Somebody's always going to be faster than me. You know, I'm an old man now. I'll probably never, never be able to, to receive from God like these other people can. Excuses, excuses, excuses. And Jesus said, well, love is here. Love is here. Just be healed. Just be healed. You know, and, and I, I, many years ago, I told my, my testimony here, uh, but I'll, I just feel led to tell it again tonight. You know, I, as a young man, I was doing some things to my body that was stupid. I was putting things in my body that I shouldn't have put in that wasn't meant for a human, but was meant for a horse because I just wanted to be big, right? I just wanted to be, I wanted to look like a stud. And you can't tell me tell it now, but I, I used to be a little bit bigger. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to be, I put stuff in me so that it would make me look bigger than, than what I was, really. It's just fake stuff. But all this stuff was going in me. And, and I, you know, you go through your, your cycles. And so you start with a half a cc, and you go to one cc, and two cc's, and three, 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 two, one, and a half. All right, you don't need to know all that, but this is what I'm trying. I said for that for a purpose. I was going through one of these cycles with this crap that I was putting in my body. I was 19 and stupid, right? And I got to, I was right in the middle of my cycle, putting all this stuff in my body and, and some major things happened in my life. I won't go into all that tonight. We don't have time. And I just stopped right in the middle of the cycle. I stopped working out. I stopped doing everything that I, I, I was doing because I, you know, I was do, having a pity party. Poor me. Nobody likes me. And I was got in trouble with the, the police a little bit. And so, you know, everything was just crumbling in all around me. And because of what I was putting into my body at that moment and then, then it had nothing else to do. It had nowhere else to go. It began to eat away at my joints and my shoulders and in my hips. And, and slowly, uh, you know, as, as time went on, well, not slowly, pretty quickly, but, but as time went on, my hips began to become worse and worse and worse. And I got to, you know, I, I gave my heart to Jesus soon after all this happened. But as, as I grew older, in my late 20s, I began to have really a lot of stiffness in my hips. And, and then in my early 30s, I, I began to uh, have arthritis in my hips to where I could hardly, you know, it was difficult for me to go upstairs. It was difficult for me to walk. Uh, at this time, I was in Estonia already. Uh, we were teaching a Bible school. I'd have to stand up for four hours a day and teach in a Bible school. At the end of the day, I'd go home and I'd just lay on a couch because just, I just couldn't hardly move. I, I tried to hide this the best I could, you know, from everybody. I didn't want anybody to know my struggle because here I'm a man of faith. I'm teaching the word. And, and, and it was just, it was tough, you know, uh, the Bible school that we had was in a hotel. And back then we didn't have, uh, well, some buildings had elevators, but the one we were in didn't. And so we had to go up, I don't know, it seemed like 50 stairs. It was probably more like 20. But every morning I had to walk up these 20 stairs. And what we would do is we would wait. Uh, Brent and I would, would, you know, go there and we'd wait till nobody was around. 
we'd kind of show up a few minutes early and stand at the bottom of the stairs until nobody else was walking on the stairs. And then she'd get behind me and she'd push on my butt to get me up the, 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 so I could do the stairs and she could take the weight off of my hips to get to the top of the stairs. Then I'd be all right to teach. And then we would go home. And so here I was struggling with this because I had this arthritis in my, my hips. And as I was getting older, then I, when I was uh, 34, 35, I, I thought by the time I was my age now that I might not be able to walk. I might not be able to stand to teach. I was, I was a little bit concerned. had a little fear about that, but not, I wasn't sure what, what was going to happen. And, uh, uh, you know, I believed in the healer. I, I taught about the healer. I, I, I've seen Jesus heal me and deliver me from other things in my life, but this was one thing that I believed was my fault because I knew what I was doing. I was putting that stuff in my body. I knew I, I shouldn't have been doing it. I knew that when I stopped you know, what were the bad things that could happen because of where I was in this cycle. And, and I just didn't care. And so I blamed myself for this. I said, you did this to yourself. This wasn't the devil. This wasn't God. This was you, you idiot. And so I just told myself everything else, you know, if I get a headache, if I get a flu, if I get whatever, God could heal me of that instantly. And I, I've walked in divine health, but my hips, my hips, my hips, my hips, that's my fault. I'm stupid. I'm the one. And so you start believing those lies that the devil tells you that, you know, you just, you take that, you, you carry that. And I was in a, in a, a, a service one time and was sitting with my wife. I was sitting about where this, this couple is sitting right here. And the guy was teaching along and he wasn't even teaching on healing. It wasn't anything like that. It was like a minister's conference. I don't remember what he was teaching on, but we were just there. We had to be there. And so I'm sitting there like a good little minister and, and I'm in a minister's conference and all of a sudden, he's, this guy stops in the middle of his teaching, and he says, somebody in here has bad hips. Now, I looked around the room, and there was probably four or 500 people in this room, and uh, a lot of people a lot older than me. And I thought, well, if anybody has bad hips, it's probably, you know, 15 people in this room that has bad hips. Look at the age of some of these people. And I, so I, I just sat there. And as soon as the guy said, somebody, somebody has, has, needs healing in their hips, you know, Missy over here, she's sitting next to me, and she dirts her head around. And, you know, as husbands know, when you just keep looking straight ahead and you don't even respond, she knows, oh, okay, you're going to be stubborn, right? And so she just kind of did one of those looks at me like, you're going to respond to this? And I just looked right ahead like, I don't even see her, right? I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to raise my hand. Look at all these people that are in here. You know, some old guy's got to have bad hips and that's not going to be me that's going to take this spotlight. And so uh, nobody moves in the whole place. You know, if I said tonight, how many people have problems with their hips? Probably two or three of you stand up. This, this place was packed with people. Nobody moves. And the minister says, oh, okay, well, I'll just go on. And so he goes teaching. And, and, and I just thought to myself, well, God, if you love me that much, that you're going to stop this service just to touch my hips? Really? And I said, tell him to do it again. About 10 minutes later, He's just teaching a lot. He said, really, I just feel like there's somebody here that you have issues with your hips and God wants to heal you. Is there anybody here? And so I just kind of raised my hand and I stood up. And he knew who I was. And he said, Barry, that's you? And I said, yes, sir. And so I just kind of, I was sitting where they were and I made my way to the center aisle. So I had to cross, you know, two or three people. And I got to the center aisle and I just walked into the presence of love. Never felt anything like it before. It just walked into something. I don't, the glory, you know, you could call it the glory of God. You could call it the presence of God. You could call it whatever you want. I just felt like God loved me. 
You know, there's a lot of things going to all this. There's a lot of things going on in my personal life and in my ministry right at that point that, that, you know, people were getting ready to turn their back on me and some things were changing for us and we were just like, oh, my goodness, and what are we doing? And, you know, God, you know, do you love me? You ever been to that place? And here he stops a service and I walk to the center aisle and the the next thing I know is I'm on the ground. Nobody touched me. Nobody did anything. And I'm getting up off of the ground and I'm like, wow, that was weird. So I go back to my seat, right? And so you kind of scooch your way down the aisle. Excuse me, excuse me. Sorry about that. You know, and then I sat down and it was just like squish. Uh, the, The way to describe it is just sitting on a bunch of peeled oranges. It was just like squish. And I stood up and I sat down again and I stood up and I sat down again. I was like, really? I stood up and I sat down again. I just began to cry. You know, when, when my dad had a saying, he, he always said, well, it sure is going to feel good when it stops hurting, boy. You know, whenever, we, whenever there was a problem, well, it'll sure feel good when it stops hurting. I'm telling you, when my hips stopped hurting, it sure felt good. And, and God healed my hips. And today, you know, I, I know he gave me brand new hips. And, and so I, I just want you to know, it wasn't because of some, you know, guy who laid his hands on me. It wasn't because there was some, some healing anointing that was on some guy that got to me. All I did was walk out into the aisle. Nobody touched me. I fell out and just the presence of God was on me. And I wake up kind of off the floor. I didn't even realize anything had happened until I sat down and realized I have new hips. It's the love of God. If we would understand how much it is that God loves us beyond all our excuses, beyond all the reasons we try to tell ourselves why we cannot have, why we cannot receive, why we cannot be, why we cannot do, when we realize it's the love of God that can do anything. And we come to church, and that's a good line to get amens, to say, God can do anything. Everybody's, yeah, amen. But God can do anything. He can change your heart. He can change your life. He can change your body. And I believe that's why some of you are in here tonight that you're looking for, change my body. How many of you have been ever healed by God before? Just raise your hand. Just been healed by God. Look around. Just look around the room. Those of you who are here, look around. People have been healed by God. Now, how many would say, I've been miraculously healed by God before? I think it's, it's almost the same amount of hands. And so if God will heal you because he loves you, and if God will heal you because he loves you, and if God will heal you because he loves you, then why wouldn't he heal her? And why wouldn't he heal him? Why wouldn't he heal him? Why wouldn't he heal her? He loves us. He loves us more than we know. And if love is where the power of God is, I want to jump down. I want to get into that love. Amen? I want to be who that is. I want to water the seed that says God loves you. What does that mean? That means I can go to Estonia because I know God loves those people. That means that I could have a healthy body today because I know that God loves me enough that he would stop a guy in the middle of his service who didn't even know I had a problem. And God would give me new hips. God loves me enough that he would change my life and the way that I was going and the direction I was going, which was not good, and turn me around and cause me to be one who could be his mouthpiece to share the good news of of Jesus and how much he loves us. That's the gospel. The good news is he loves you no matter what. Don't put your limits on what you've done. Well, I've done this. And you don't understand. I've done that. And you, don't, you weren't with me when we were doing those things. So I'm not qualified. You are qualified because he loves you.
you are qualified because he has anointed us to go out and to do something that the world needs badly. And that's to go share this love that God has given to us with somebody else. To tell somebody, he's changed my life. And you don't need to go and have that three-point sermon and, a, you, know, the, you know, let me give you this verse and that verse. Just go share what he's done for you. That's the most powerful thing that you can do. What has the love of God done for you? Well, he's helped me through the difficult time we were having with our family. And, and, okay, go share that. Go tell people what he did for you. Well, I was on the wrong path in my life and God brought the right people in at the right time and look at me now. Go share that because that's what people need to hear. That it's the love of God that got you here. And it's the love of God that will take you to where it is that you are going to be. And it's the love of God that will touch you and help you to get there along the way. Everything is based on that love. This agape love that is so big, it's so high, it's so deep, it's so wide. And Paul goes, would you understand it? And then the next verse says, it's just so big to understand. It's too much. I, I've got a glimpse of it. I've got, I can see it, but then it goes beyond my vision. It's really what he's telling us. It's beyond what I can see. What I see is awesome. It's like the Grand Canyon. You're standing there. You see it. It's awesome. But it goes beyond what you could see. There's much more than what you could ever feel or touch. It's just all there. God is so much bigger. Amen? This is the love that he has for you. This is the love that he has for me. This love is what's going to change your heart, change your life, and change your body. Amen? It's the love of God. What do you want to feed on? Feed on his love. Well, I need finances. Feed on his love. Well, I just need some peace in my mind. Feed on his love. Well, I just wish that my family was different. Feed on his love. Let it soak in. Let it water that promise. And let those things begin. To, and then once you begin to see it, you know it's already, it's already transformed. It's already different in me. I'm a different guy already because of the love of God. And then you just let it grow. Just let it grow and let it grow and let it grow. The love of God, the love of God. It'll heal your body tonight if you need healing. Hallelujah. Whoa. Stand with me if you will. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. God's love is amazing. God's love is amazing. Like I said tonight, when, when I got my healing, you know, I've, I've been prayed for before and I've received healing for other things in other ways. And I've had times where people have laid their hands on me and it was awesome. Just like all of you. But when God did the biggest miracle for me, nobody touched me. I just had a sense of God, if you love me that much. He touched me. He touched me. Amen you love me that much that you would do this for me i'll take it right now and that all my excuses just went away why i couldn't do it why i couldn't have it why i probably would be a cripple by the age of 50 he touched me and he can touch you tonight right where you are yeah i don't think you need to have anybody lay their hands on you just just soak in the love of god that is in this place I love this church. I love you all so much. 
just reach up and just take what it is that God has for you just because of His love, His great, outstanding, unchanging, undeniable, unconditional love. Not because of who you are, what you have, or what you've done. But because He made you and He loves you and He's madly in love with you. And that healing power is available in the love. All the power of God is available in His love. Just reach out and receive whatever it is that you need tonight. Whether it would be something in your body or something in your mind. Emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. The love of God is here. The love of God surrounding you in this place tonight. What a sweet, sweet presence. Let Him just minister to you. Let Him just fill you. Let Him stir you up. Let Him strengthen you tonight. Let Him give you what it is that you're searching for, what you're seeking for. The thing that you need the most right now. It's right there in His love. It's right there in His love. He loves you so much. Just receive it. Just receive it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you for the privilege that we can just be in your presence and we can receive what it is that we need. Help us to grow in our understanding of you and our knowledge of you. Help us to know you more. Help us to know you more. Let your love cause us to be the light for the world. And I thank you, Lord, that you're touching bodies in this place right now. Healing, 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 healing. Just because you love us. Just because you love us. Just because you love us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that love that you poured out on the cross. The love that took the stripes. The love that took the nails. The love that went to hell and conquered hell and the grave for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We receive from this love tonight. We receive, we receive, we receive, we receive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And because you love us, we love you. You first loved us. We give you our heart. We give you our life and everything that we are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the love in this place. Thank you for your sweet presence. Your sweet Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're believing Him for something tonight, just start to thank Him for it. Start to thank Him. Start to thank Him. Thank Him for what He's doing in your heart. Thank Him for what He's doing in your, your body. Thank Him for what He's doing in your mind. And the plans that you have had, maybe they're all beginning to change right now, right as you're in His presence. 
your future's different now because he loves you. Because he loves you. He loves you. Thank him for it. Thank him for it. Thank him with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for this church. Thank you for that you've put us all here in this place to be a part that we can receive from the gift and the anointing that is here. We thank you for our pastor. And we thank you for one another. Lord, I thank you that this body is, is so gracious and so kind and so loving. They make us feel at home every time we're here. And I thank you for that. They make us feel like we matter. And what we do, Lord, we know is, is good in your sight. But I thank you, Father, for giving us people in our life that would encourage us to continue as well. Thank you for this church, God. And what you're doing here is the beginning of so much, so much from your word, by your spirit. And I thank you, Father, for this place. Use this place for your glory. Use these people for your glory, God. That we might see more and more than we've ever seen before. Pour out in this place. We thank you for it. We give you all the praise for what you will do. We give you all the glory in advance, God, because there's none like you. Thank you for your love and help us to be more like you. We thank you for all these things that you've done in us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, thank you guys for allowing me just to be here. I hope that touched you. It touched me. I'm, I'm ready. So hallelujah. I'll go home now. I'm ready. But uh, thank you. And uh, I just, just want you to know how much we do, really do appreciate. We need the love that we, we feel in this place. And, and thank you, Pastor, for everything. You're the man. And uh, yeah. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we love you all. And, and we'll be praying for you. And I thank you for your prayers for us. And we know that God's got big things for all of us here and there. Amen. Well, if you would like to be part of our newsletter, we try to send out as much as we can. We'll send three or four a year. But if you'd like to be part of that, we'll just we'll let you know what's going on in Estonia. My wife will be in the back and you could type in your email address and we'll get that to you. We used to do the handwritten things, but some of y'all, it just doesn't work. We, we send it and it comes back because we didn't get your handwriting. So now we've got the typing thing and that'll work a whole lot better. So uh, go ahead and give us your email address. We'd love to keep in contact with you. But God bless you. Pastor, I'll just turn it over to you. Thank you.